Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome back to the Toe Meets Leather podcast. I'm Logan, and here with me today is the friendly neighborhood, Andrew Rodriguez. How's it going today, Andrew? Not too bad. Um, I had an interesting adventure last night. I tried to DoorDash some fried chicken, and apparently, like, DoorDash's entire app system collapsed, and it took him, like, an hour and a half to tell me, hey, your order's canceled. That uh, uh the, that is the epitome of a first world problem. Well, Dude, I, I am absolutely just living through first world problems. <laughs> uh, I'll tell you about one that I had yesterday. Um, but uh, it was it was college football related. I think the uh, Wisconsin Northwestern Wildcats was one of the worst games I've ever seen, and I can't unsee it. Um, <laughs> but Wisconsin did turn the ball over five times. God, don't even get me started. Like, I can't even put that on Northwestern, though. It was just sloppy play by both teams. It was really bad. Um, but, yeah, I think uh, my my thoughts as far as Uber Eats is just uh, I've been more of a DoorDash person to begin with. Was DoorDash the one that screwed you over? Yeah, I usually do use DoorDash more than I use Uber Eats. The problem is my favorite or the, the, the closest hot chicken place is only on Uber Eats, so I had about to use them. Yeah, I don't know how that works. Like, they just decide which one is which. I feel like if, if you've got a driver, they can pick it up from anywhere, but uh, I don't know. Yeah, I think, I think a lot of it might stem. Might stem from uh, what now? No. Yeah, like how much it charges them to use it. That's kind of, I guess, where they decide which one they want to use. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. I, think, I don't know. I have no idea what like the pricing models or any of that are for the delivery companies. So. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I feel like it's kind of like with Pepsi and Coke, where you kind of license it. I guess. I, I. I have no idea. All I know is it's convenient when I'm feeling lazy, which is pretty much all the all yeah, the time nowadays. <laughs> yeah. I don't hardly ever do I have a time when I'm not being lazy this now in today's society. Um, but yeah, we're here to talk about college football. It's, it's Sunday, which is a little different for us, but since uh, next week is Thanksgiving and rivalry week, we wanted to go ahead and get this out of the way. So uh, I think let's go ahead and talk about, I think the big three games that stood out to me last week. There was Indiana, Ohio State, uh, Cincinnati UCF and Wisconsin Northwestern. Now I think there were a few other games that were important to certain people, but uh, I think those were the ones that really kind of went above and away. Really were um, close knit top matchups. Uh, I don't know if you disagree. Uh, if you had any other matchups you're thinking of highlighting. Uh, you know the Coastal App State game was a fun game where Coastal had to come back. Georgia Mississippi State was closer than people expected. Certainly closer. Florida. Yeah, I mean, Mississippi State, Georgia was certainly closer than we expected. Oregon, yeah. um, or, or UCLA. NC, Sta- NC State, Liberty. Fuck yeah. They knocked off Liberty. Um, Dave Doran's actually done a pretty good job this year. I think they're like six and three. Um, yeah. Obviously, Bedlam went the way we expected Bedlam to go. 
Um, no surprises there. Um, but yeah, speaking of games, we go in the way we expected them to go. So I guess technically we expected Ohio State to beat Indiana. I don't think we expected it to be as close as it ended up being. But uh, yeah, Ohio State beats Indiana uh, 42-35. They got off to a really good start, 28-7 at the half, and then Indiana clicked on and started to try to make the comeback. Um, and really, I think they were very close to doing so. They just had a couple of bad drives at the end of the game and one particularly nasty interception that I think was really what cost them. Um, and for me, though, I think the key thing, I mean, I think you should be happy if you're an Indiana fan, obviously. The key thing for me, though, is I think this game kind of takes Justin Fields out of the Heisman discussion. I don't know if you agree with that statement, Andrew. Yeah, I mean, it was a really sloppy game. You know, there were seven turnovers, which is never fun. Uh, you know, Fields did not look great with the three interceptions. And as you said, the, the pick six kind of broke Indiana's back, I think. Um, unfortunately, we have to retire nine Windiana. Uh, we do still have a possibility for eight Windiana. So, you know, let's let's jump to that hashtag now. Um, everyone eight Windiana. <laughs> I, yeah, I think I think if you're an Indiana fan, you hate to talk about moral victories and you know keeping it close. And but yeah, this is this is definitely one of those kind of games where as an Indiana fan, you can look and go, you know, maybe we're pretty good. We might not be Ohio State good, but you know, we're pretty good. I, I mean, it's so weird because if you had told me to start off the season that the second best team in the, I think they go by East and West now. I don't know if they use yeah, those. Okay, yeah, I think if you told me the second-best team in the East would be Indiana, I'd be like, well, are you serious? What about Michigan? What about Penn State? Penn State? What about Michigan State? What about Rutgers? Oh, God, that was another game that happened last yeah, week. Oh, man, I was so ready for Rutgers to beat Michigan. And, like, absolutely fired Jim Harbaugh. <laughs> that would have been so good, but that didn't happen. Anyway, but, yeah, as far as, far as the Ohio State game goes, though, um, I mean – Ohio State was very lucky to walk away with a win. I think certain people could make the argument that they deserve to be out of the playoff based on their canceled game, their lack of schedule, and the fact that they struggled so much against Indiana. I don't think that's going to be the case. I think the playoff committee will eventually decide to let them in because uh, they're still pretty good, and I think money also plays a factor. But... I mean, this is the kind of game you look at, and uh, if you're trying to hype up Justin Fields as the top Heisman candidate, I don't think you can say that after this matchup, and I don't think – I think it's going to certainly be a hit to Ohio State's uh, reputation, and it might uh, open up what we've been talking about where we either get two from the SEC or two from the ACC in. I don't know if you got anything else to add to that. I, I think if Ohio State wins out, wins the Big Ten without a loss, then they get into the playoff. I mean, I think that's as simple as that for them. I just don't know if they would come in as like a four seed, whereas before they might have been the two seed or the three seed. I think they I think they'll end up as the four seed, but we'll just have to see. I don't know. I think I think it, I think it depends on everyone else. Obviously, if you if you're you know if you're looking at three undefeated P five champions in Notre Dame. Alabama and Ohio State, I could definitely see them being a three seed. If they're the only undefeated champion, I think they're a higher seed than that. Um, I don't think they can lose 
I think if they lose, that just makes it way more complicated. I do think um, I don't think they're going to lose though. Their only game they have left on their schedule is Michigan, um, and I guess Northwestern probably uh, in the championship game, which we'll talk about that in a second. But yeah, I, don't, I just don't see Ohio State losing. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't really either. <laughs> the powerhouse of Illinois comes to town and just takes them out. Uh, Illinois, Illinois blew out Nebraska and may cost Scott Frost's job. Um, other fun stat in the Ohio State Indiana game: Indiana rushed 16 times for negative one yards. <laughs> Damn! Oh gosh, that's uh, that's got that's a bad feeling. Iowa. They did. That's probably why they put up 491 yards through the air with Michael Penix. Yes, and five touchdowns. Which let's talk about Heisman candidates. Why not him? <laughs> you know, I think if he has a good rest of the season, I think he could be in the discussions. I problem is, I don't think he's going to get there. Well, let, let's talk about Heisman candidates before we talk about the upcoming week. But I do want to talk about the game that haunts my dreams: uh, <laughs> Wisconsin Northwestern, like. I watched this entire game, and I don't, I don't know why, and I will never be able to forget how horrible it was. Like it was some of the, I don't know if you watched this matchup. It was some of the worst like play calling I've ever seen, alongside some of the just generally just some of the worst play ever. Like I don't understand. Wisconsin, by all rights, should have won this game, except I guess Mertz just kind of fell apart. Like, I don't know what was going on. They could have just kept giving the ball to Berger, and they should have had the game. But uh, I, don't, I, I don't know. You you start. I got to kind of get my thoughts in order. What, 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 are, what are your thoughts? Turning the ball over five times uh, is definitely not going to help you. Game. Uh, they also they also held Northwestern to twenty four yards on twenty three rushing attempts, so that was kind of cool. I mean, yeah, I, I agree with you. Wisconsin should have won this game, but we learned yet again that the great equalizer in football is turnovers. Well, and I do think uh, when it gets to play calling, I, there were a lot of situations where I was really questioning it. But Wisconsin had a couple of times where they could have kicked a field goal, in particular. I don't remember the exact time on the clock. It was either at the end of the third quarter or the start of the fourth quarter. They were like fourth and two from the 30-yard line of Northwestern. And I was like, just kick the field goal. You're you're only down seven at this point. Kick the field goal, get some confidence, and then come back and drive back down. Instead, they decided to go for it. Maybe they just don't trust the kicker. I don't know. And, uh, of course – the quarterback got sacked because Mertz has been terrible all game. And then that led to a turnover, which gave Northwestern the ball on the 50-yard line and I think eventually led to their game-clenching field goal, I guess you could call it. Like, I don't know, man. Like, what were the coaches even thinking? It was – this was a very – this was one of the ugliest games I've ever seen. And Yeah, the, the weirdest one to me is the fact that they punted on fourth and three from the Northwestern 36. Yeah, I, like, like uh, uh, again, do you just not trust your kicker at all? What's what's going I mean, on? It's a, it's a 53-yard field goal, so maybe that plays a role in it where they just they don't think the kicker's got that kind of leg. But to me, like that's that's just a go for it. Like you're you're in plus territory. You might as well go for it. Uh, you know, a punt. 
probably is going to go into the end zone and net you almost nothing. But, yeah, it's just a weird, I don't know. Again, a lot of turnovers. They could have kept running the ball. I, I think we've talked multiple times about how a lot of times I think offensive coordinators outsmart themselves and get cute. Uh, I'm always in the mentality of, I'm going to run what I'm going to run until you can stop me. And so don't get cute. Like you said, just, just hand the ball off, run the ball, you know, do what you can do. But, yeah, I mean, the I, I had the game on. Um, I wasn't paying super close attention to it. So that, you know, I don't really know a lot of what happened, but a lot of these are just like, well, wait a minute, what? Well, and again, Jalen Berger averaging 6.2 yards. It's just like, dude. I, I get that you, you probably want to, like, run up the score or prove that you're, like, better than Northwestern or something. But at some point, you just got to realize, like, dude, we just need to find a way to win this game. Yeah. So just keep giving it to him. Like, what the fuck? I don't – it made no – it made, it was very strange. It was a very weird game. I, I mean, more credit to Northwestern. I mean, we talk about finding a way to win. I don't – it doesn't give me any confidence in them moving forward, but, hey, you won, and I think if you look at what they've got left on their schedule, again, you've got, like, Illinois and – I don't – I forgot. I, who was the other – Northwestern's got Michigan State, Minnesota, and Illinois, which are all winnable games. Uh, they should win those games. Yeah, very winnable games. I mean, honestly, I think the most likely kind of thing that would fuck them over is if they just don't prep for, like – Michigan State or something. Even Minnesota has not looked very good this year. So, um, yeah, I think uh, Northwestern, it's a very high possibility that Northwestern will face off against Ohio State in the championship game. Uh, but this gives me no confidence about Northwestern being able to challenge uh, Ohio State. <laughs> yeah, unless unless Fields just totally fucks up, kind of like what Mertz did this game. Like, I don't know. Yes. Western's known to be a team that's that's pretty good defensively, so that, that's part of it. But I, you know, it's kind of I honestly, to an extent, feel the same way about the SEC. Like I think Florida's a good team, but I don't think they're going to compete with Alabama. Like I think Alabama's just head and shoulders that much better than the SEC right now. I mean, that's kind of a consistent thought that we have over there. But yeah, I guess I guess the key difference is it would have been fun for me to see at least. This was Wisconsin's shot because they already had two games canceled. Now they have no chance of making it they in. They might as well just not play. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like... Which I, I got a sinking feeling we're about to see even more cancellations coming up. Uh, yeah, more than likely. Um, especially with rivalry week and Thanksgiving week. I mean, they're yeah, just... Yeah, well, because I was, I was reading somewhere that apparently most schools are uh, sending kids home yeah, they're just telling just kids to stay home. Back, so. Yeah, they're just telling kids stay home because there's yeah. there's nothing for it. Yeah, um, so I, I think that's gonna get. I think I, a lot of it's just weird. I think you're gonna see any teams that aren't playing for something, uh, they're gonna start dropping, uh, dropping out because again, at this point, Wisconsin has no benefit to playing out the rest of its schedule. Yeah, like, like I, to be completely honest with you, why why play Georgia Tech Duke this coming Saturday? Both teams are terrible. Like, there's there's nothing to gain from playing the game. <laughs> you just don't want to see us play. You don't want the pain. Um, I, I mean, Duke's beaten us five out of the last six games. Um, 
<laughs> they have a 56.1% chance to beat us per the FBI. Um, the spread hasn't come out yet, but, uh, you know, I don't have a lot of confidence in our ability to do anything involving the game of football. <laughs> right. So, uh, so, yeah, it might just be for the best. Uh, yeah. Before we talk about what's left on the schedule next week, uh, yeah, you know, our big-time rival Duke. Um, let's... Hey, is they're the third most-played opponent behind Georgia and Auburn. Really? Didn't know that. I thought I thought yeah, Notre Dame... Oh, yeah, we might have... We, we play Duke, like, almost 100-something times. I thought uh, Notre Dame was higher up on the list, but I guess maybe I was wrong. No, we play Notre Dame a lot, but... Not, um, not as many times. No, and, I mean, you want to talk about a one-sided <laughs> rivalry. Um, that one is uh, pretty... Yeah, so we, we played Duke... Yeah, well, we we had a pretty good ride against them, and then uh, I think yeah, we won we won ten straight from two thousand and four to two thousand and thirteen. And then Cutcliffe showed up, and I think that kind of turned them around. Uh, and what do you think? Cutcliffe showed up in two thousand and eight, the same year that Paul Johnson was hired. Um, the big thing with Duke is that they invested really heavily in their program mm. financially, and and Cutcliffe's really been able to to do a lot with that, but. Um, yeah, I mean, they've definitely improved. Haven't seen much out of them this year, but I mean, I expect them to kind of bounce back. I think they, I think they turn the ball over more than we do, so this is just going to be one of those fun, ugly eight turnover games that nobody actually wins and sets football back decades. I would, I would actually be interested in watching that. Um, but yeah, finishing up, we're talking about last week. Uh, Cincinnati also beat UCF. I would be lying if I said I watched that entire game, but it had a close ending. Uh, but did Cincinnati was able to get some well-earned turnovers and uh, eventually find a way to win that game. UCF challenged them, though. Uh, I will give them credit there. But I think Cincinnati is another team that you're looking at. They pretty much, unless they trip up against Tulsa, I think they pretty much got it uh, the rest of the way. Um, Yeah, Temple's not very good this year. Tulsa's a pretty good team. That'll be a fun game to watch. And then I have no idea if the American is playing a conference championship game this year, so... I can't begin to tell you. There's, there's, everything is such a mess, I can't keep track. Um, as you pointed out, let's go ahead and run down the rest of the list. Coastal Carolina had some early struggles against App State, but they put it together and they really put on the burners in the second half, and they came away with a 34-23 win. Um, so, yeah, I think they're in the driver's seat. I think they're a very talented team, um, but uh, – We'll have to see how things play out for them. Oklahoma State lost, essentially knocking the Big 12 out of any playoff contention they had. Uh, and Spencer Rattler yeah. continues to look good. So. Yeah, I think, I mean, Oklahoma could hypothetically get in, but, I mean, they need a lot of help, but I just don't think it's going to happen. Well, you would essentially need, again, Ohio State to knock itself out and then one of the other – Teams yeah. like Clemson or Florida to find a way to knock themselves out, and then yeah, it just I mean, becomes like two-loss teams that I just don't think are possible. Yeah. Um, other than that, the only other thing that kind of caught my eye was 
uh, what we talked about. I mean, Trask, from a Heisman standpoint, Trask looked good, obviously, uh, playing against Vanderbilt. And I will say uh, my boy, Zach Wilson, I think they didn't keep him in there very long based on the stats, but 212 yards, four touchdowns, 10 of 16 against North Alabama. Uh, Zach Wilson, I mean, based on how Justin Fields kind of fell off this year, he might be in the top three discussion. Don't, doesn't mean that I, he could be. Doesn't mean that I think he's going to win it, but uh, he he's certainly in the discussion now. Um, if they uh, if they continue to win, I'll I think they've only got one game left against San Diego State. So, oh no, they also the Army game is postponed, so they might play that eventually. But yeah, I mean that could be a big uh, situation for him as a Heisman candidate. The problem is, yeah, I, think, I definitely think he'll get invited to New York. Yeah, I I don't know how they're handling the Heisman this year. We're we're, we're, New York. <laughs> yeah, so I I might want to see what their timeline is for that because keep in mind how chaotic all the bowls and the playoff situation is because normally they decide the Heisman like right before the championship game, right? Or so this year, if that's the case, I think those games are going to drag out. So there might be a long period where bef- between where Zach Wilson ends his season because if they're not obviously invited to the playoff and as an independent, I don't think they play any championship game, there's going to be a long period between when he finishes the season and when the decision finally gets made. So he would have to make a pretty good like digital kind of hype setup if he's going to really keep sticking people's minds after BYU season ends in essentially a few weeks. So uh, that's, that's my only concern there. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, at this point, Mac Jones, uh, gosh, I just said his name, the Florida quarterback, Trask. Kyle Trask. Kyle Trask. And yeah. And I think, I Winning, I think Ian Book might be in the discussion just because he's at Notre Dame. Um, uh, if North Carolina can knock off Notre Dame this weekend, uh, Sam Howell might be a name to look at. But yeah, I mean, it's it's probably. I mean, I honestly think it's Trevor Lawrence's to lose. Um, although Mac Jones is putting up good numbers too, so he'd he kind of be an interesting one. But yeah, I mean, the struggle becomes because Trevor Lawrence lost a few games with the COVID situation. That really becomes the argument. Um, but I don't think it'll matter if he wins the ACC championship and everything else. If he comes back, leads him to a championship game, I think he's still going to be in the top discussion. I also I also really wonder, and this is my kind of tinfoil hat conspiracy theory a little bit, um, if Heisman voters don't regret not giving one to Deshaun Watson. I think they do. Yeah. And, and if that plays a role at all in, well, this is another Clemson quarterback that probably deserves it. Let's not make that same mistake. Oh, so you think it's kind of like an Oscar situation where it's like, well, we... I think, I think, I think to it, I mean, we already know that the Heisman Trophy occasionally is a career achievement award. Look at Ron Day. Mm-hmm. But, you know, who knows what goes in the Heisman voters' minds. So kind of like uh, when uh, Pacino didn't win Best Actor for Godfather 2 because they had to give the award to the other guy since they had screwed him out of an award before. Yeah, no, I, uh, that uh, does politics, sometimes they play a factor. Um, I, I wouldn't be shocked. <laughs> Illinois beat Nebraska, as you pointed out. 
NC State Kraft is probably gonna get fired. The question becomes how quickly. Like, are we talking next That's week? That, like, like we talked about COVID. Um, actually, I wonder. My problem is I don't think Scott Frost has done much of anything at Nebraska. I mean, he was a really good coach, obviously at UCF, but I mean, he's ten and eighteen at Nebraska and has not has never made a bowl game. So. I, they fired people for less. I mean, they fired um, Bo Pelini, who won nine games a year. Yeah, we always bring up the Bo Pelini situation. I mean, I I hate it. We've talked about how hard it is to coach in Nebraska. But, yeah, I think he might get canned at the end of the season. If they speed it up, I don't know. I, they might just wait it out because of the COVID situation. But I think he, he's, there's a high possibility he gets canned at the end of the season. Yeah, I mean, it, it just kind of depends on, for uh, you know, can they afford it? I mean, I think that's the biggest part of all of this is the ability to afford to do it. Because I think you're going to see the same thing with uh, Justin Fuente at Virginia Tech. I think that, uh, that seat is getting in fuego. But I know that Virginia Tech's got a lot of financial issues, so mm. they may not be able to afford to fire him. Interesting. Interesting. Um, and yeah, do you want to talk about how Liberty got knocked off, or did you even pay attention to any I, of that? I haven't really watched a lot. I know that the field goal got blocked close to the end for NC State to win it, but I really didn't watch a lot of that game. Uh, I'll be honest, there wasn't a whole lot to see. Uh, it was a defensive struggle. Um, NC State won it with kind of like, you know, you could say it with the block kick because obviously that plays, that was probably the key, you know, winning play. But I think the safety is really what got them there. They got a safety in the third quarter. Um, that was questionable if you watch the replay. And that real, but, uh, you know, the call one way or another, that's what got them the points they needed to get the victory and i think uh took advantage of that obviously but uh yeah i mean liberty's knocked off and which i'm sure makes you happy because you've been hating on them for a while i don't know what the deal is i was cool with liberty i don't hate them like other people fair enough I'll, i'll just leave it at that one last shout out from last week uh that big boy from iowa uh what's his name oh gosh the lineman who got the Touchdown, which you know, I, I feel bad for Penn State, but that was that was a great play by that lineman from Iowa to essentially intercept the ball at the line and run it back like seventy yards for a touchdown. That was yeah. So I good. wonder. I wonder if they're giving out the Piesman Trophy this year. If so, he deserves it. Like I mean, he even had he even had that sexy like sidestep move where he puts the ball above his head and he like jumps between the two players. And I was like, damn. Granted, I did watch it again a couple of times. The quarterback just straight up gives up trying to chase him down around the 15-yard <laughs> line. He's just like, nah, fuck this. I'm, I'm done. Uh, but, yeah, uh, great play by him. I hope he enjoys it. Okay, uh, moving on. Unless you got anything else to talk about last week, we're going to go ahead and move on to next week. No, I, you know, I, I had a bunch of games on. But, you know, Nevada still undefeated. Woo, Nevada. <laughs> oh, do you want to – well, I didn't actually watch it, but do you want to bring up the Rutgers-Michigan game? Not really. Um, it went to overtime, 
which does not bode well for Jim Harbaugh in Michigan. It went to double. It went to triple overtime. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's uh, that's not a great omen. And apparently, Rutgers had the lead pretty much the entire way, and Michigan had to come back. Uh, yeah, it was. Uh, it's not a great. Again, we're talking about peak coaches on the hot seat. Harbaugh not going great. Do we want to update our list? Do you have anybody else to add? Maybe uh, um, Frost, Fuente, Harbaugh, um, Dino Babers at Syracuse. Um, uh, Lovey Smith keeps winning, so he's not getting fired at Illinois. What about uh, the guy that uh, Arizona? Oh, <laughs> Kevin Stumlin. Yeah, is Kevin Sumlin? Artem's favorite coach. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, he has not been off to a hard start, granted, uh, and he hasn't really done well in the past few years, so I don't, I don't know. Either, either be on that list. Mm. trying to think of who else would actually be there, but I think everybody else is just too early right now. I don't know who's... Yeah, and again, like, we've got so much to deal with from the COVID standpoint, from the financial issues that all the pro... like. When Clemson is cutting sports due to financial issues, you know that there's a big thing coming because Clemson basically can print money. I do think Tennessee is probably on the hot seat, but I just assume any Tennessee coach is on the hot seat as soon as they yeah, take as soon as they take that drop. They start their career on the hot seat <laughs> and then you know kind of go from there. Uh, but yeah, so I think uh, we're gonna see a few uh, more. Derek, Derek Mason at Vanderbilt might be one to look at, but. I mean, what do you really expect from a guy at Vanderbilt? And I think they went to a bowl game last year. They did. And I'm pretty sure going to a bowl game gets you like a seven-year extension at Vanderbilt. So yeah, I think I think he's earned at least two more years before they really seriously can put consideration yeah. into that. But I mean, again, it's, a lot of it I still think is this finances. I think that we are going to have a huge financial crunch that that we're going to have to deal with in a lot of places. Man, it's good for me to know that we are the. Only team that lost to Syracuse this year. Fucking feels good. Uh, doesn't it feel wonderful? <sighs> feels so good, man. All aboard that Jeff Collins hype train. Hashtag elite. Hashtag 404. Hashtag clown show. Uh, yeah, how it's clown fiesta. But anyway, um. <laughs> Better. <laughs> all right, so this upcoming week. It's, it's okay, Jeff Collins can blame everything that goes wrong on Paul Johnson, so it doesn't matter. This is true. As long, yeah, as long we're still recovering. Didn't you hear from I that? Seven years down the road, we're still going to be recovering from the greatest, most monumental transformation in the history of college football. Hashtag culture. So anyway, uh, back to next week. It's Hashtag on... wears goddamn socks like an adult. <laughs> All right, so uh, Thanksgiving week next week. Uh, and normally that would mean rivalry week for most teams. Uh, I've actually looked down the list. There are more rivalries than I certainly expected. But, uh, yeah, obviously a lot of the cross-conference rivalries and everything else has been canceled. But uh, let's go down the list. Thursday, not much unless you want to talk about Colorado State, Air Force, New Mexico, Utah State. Uh, Not much to get excited about there. Uh, Iowa State, Texas. Might be an interesting game. Well, that's uh, that's Friday. Carolina. That's Friday, man. Get cutting, getting ahead of time, man. Yeah. Do we have any action this week? Oh yeah, I guess it is on Thursday. But anyway. Yeah, we don't we don't have action until Friday or Saturday during 
Yeah, but moving from Thursday to Friday, Friday is where the things start to get exciting. We got the noon game is Iowa State of Texas. We got uh, Notre Dame at North Carolina for the 3.30 game. I'm not sure about the late game. I guess it's the Apple Cup between Washington and Washington State. I guess that's the highlight one. Uh, I think that's... Yeah, maybe the Civil War, but Oregon State's not very good, so... Yeah, I... I thought Oregon State got a lot of hype to start the year, but they've kind of proven that they are the Oregon State we thought they were. So, yeah. Um, my game that I'm really highlighting is uh, Notre Dame-North Carolina. I think North Carolina has shown enough talent that they could challenge this Notre Dame team. And, of course, Notre Dame is the number two team in the nation, so we might see another game kind of somewhat reminiscent of the Clemson-Notre Dame game a few weeks ago. Um, but uh, I I honestly don't I don't know because I don't have as much expectations for North Carolina. But knowing your household, Andrew, what are you thinking about going into that matchup? I think it's really going to be if, if the North Carolina defense can come to play early. Uh, you know, we saw that Clemson really struggled defensively against Notre Dame, and as well as the, the two North Carolina losses, you know, they got down early and just weren't able to fight back. So they really got to come out of the gate hot, and the defense has to really try to close down Notre Dame. So it'll kind of be how how well can North Carolina establish the run against a Notre Dame defense that's giving up less than 100 yards per game on the ground. Yeah, and it'll be interesting to see. I, I It's hard for me to put expectations because I, I – Every expectation I put on North Carolina has been kind of bucked. So I just think it'll be an exciting matchup to watch one way or the other between especially two quarterbacks who, as you pointed out, could be Heisman candidates, uh, depending on which way this uh, matchup turns. I think uh, Iowa State and Texas will also be a high-scoring affair. But I think those are pretty much it for Friday. The next best matchup might be Central Michigan, Eastern Michigan at 4 o'clock on CBS Sports Network. Uh, not sure. I think both of those teams have been doing okay. They're not going to be in the top of their conference, but they've been. Uh, oh no, Eastern Michigan has been terrible. <laughs> Central Michigan's been okay, so never mind. Uh, the it's a rivalry game, but I, I don't expect that to be very close. Um, and then yeah, we move on to Saturday, which Jesus Christ, they're I don't know how they're going to find enough time to put all these matchups on TV assuming that all these matchups actually get played. Um, where do you want to start, Andrew? I'll let you pick. Gee whiz. I mean, we've got Tulsa at Houston, Colorado at USC. Uh, we got Pitt at Clemson, Ohio State at Illinois. I don't think that's going to be much of a matchup. Uh, Penn State at Michigan, which is the circle of suck matchup. Uh, Northern Illinois, Western Michigan, Georgia Tech at Duke, Kentucky at Florida. Uh, Iron Bowl will be 3.30 CBS as expected. The Egg Bowl will be 4 o'clock on the SEC network, Mississippi State, Ole Miss. Um, Rutgers at Purdue could be interesting. LSU at Texas A&M. We know Artem hates LSU. And, yeah couple other key matchups out there to look out for. Which ones are you looking forward to, Andrew? 
Well, I appear to have lost Andrew. <laughs> there he is. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. So, I think I know, what, I know what goes wrong. All right. Yeah, I mean, the Iron Bowl is really the only one that I think matters. I don't think Ohio State's going to be challenged. Notre Dame plays early in the week. I don't think Pitt's going to challenge Clemson. Uh, they did just beat the hell out of Virginia Tech. Um, NC State, Syracuse, as we said, NC State's put together a pretty good little season. Uh, they, they've got a chance to win a couple of games. Memphis, Navy will be fun. Memphis is a fun offense. Navy's really struggled. Uh, I think USC should beat Colorado pretty handily. Northwestern should beat Michigan State. Oklahoma should beat West Virginia. You know, we're still hopefully on the road to eight Indiana. But yeah, the Iron Bowl is really the big Saturday matchup in my mind, and I don't know if it's going to be that close. Just because, again, I think Alabama is just incredible this year. I do find that Georgia at South Carolina, based off how things played out last week, could be interesting. But South Carolina is just not as good as uh, no. Mississippi State. And I, I in, we kind of saw too. You know, Mississippi State sold out to stop the run, hoping that JT Daniels could throw the deep ball. And JT Daniels may not be the most accurate, but he does have a cannon. So. Well, to be fair, if you've watched the highlight reel, um, I didn't watch that entire game, but the the deciding touchdown that he threw. Yeah, he threw a cannon, but that was on the safety. The safety just well, blew coverage. Yeah, but, I mean, you know, that's that's also what you get when you got a team like Mississippi State that's purely focused on offense. Uh, yeah, I think the next most exciting game, um, it sounds kind of weird because it's against both two teams who combined have one win amongst them, Penn State and Michigan. Could be very entertaining just because you're like, both these teams uh, might be playing to see to keep their coach from getting fired. This is this is kind of amusing. Um, but yeah, I think other than that, I mean, I think these are the kind of matchups where a lot of these are going to be very personal for the program, and I think they're going to be personal for the people close to them. But I don't I don't see a lot of exciting games next week. Um, yeah. Sadly, I've the Iron Bowl. They're really hard. Yeah. So you might just be waiting for uh, pro football in that case uh, to let your turkey go down. Uh, that, that sounded a lot more sexual than I intended it to. Uh, anyway, uh, you got any other thoughts going into Thanksgiving, Andrew? Vacations are always fun. It's all you I've know, ever it's wanted. It's not work. It's all I've ever wanted, and I have to get away. So, yeah. I'm That's very true. Looking forward to it. Um, but yeah. But no, I think. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm as excited as I am for Thanksgiving. I'm more excited for the weekend after Thanksgiving um, because my wife and I are going to Asheville. Ooh. Which will be fun. Yeah, that'd be a good time. Yeah, as much as I love spending time with my in-laws, uh, spending a weekend in Asheville, I think will definitely be a lot more fun. Well, I think the other thing that we've kind of forgotten about next week is I do believe that college basketball is starting up. It does. Uh, Georgia Tech plays on Wednesday against Georgia State in a game that I really, really hope we win. I mean, you can be optimistic. We'll see. Uh, It's always hard to tell. I, I think we got a talented team. Now, we'll see if that translates to putting points on the board. But, uh, yeah, this is this is kind of so. 
this is my make or break year for Josh Pastner. Um, he signed a good recruiting class, number 17th ranked in the country, which is awesome and shows progress. But I mean, I think he's got to make the tournament this year because uh, again, he's, his his whole conversation about get old, stay old. Well, we're old men, um, as well as coming off finishing above 500 in the conference last year. You know, you really need to keep that momentum going, and, and so making the tournament is imperative this season to keep that momentum from last year, from the recruiting class, and all of that rolling. Yeah, and I think we've kind of lost all the goodwill from his first season because he hasn't seen much progress since then. So he's really got to prove something. He's got to come out the gates really throwing haymakers. Um, we'll see. Uh, but, yeah, I think that's all I got. I'm going to wrap it up and say uh, happy holidays to all y'all out there. We're going to get a lot more football through it uh, one way or another. Debatable. Or it's all going to get canceled. We're not. Don't don't be depressing, man. We're trying to enjoy. We're trying to set up a good thing before the holidays. I just want college baseball season. That's all I care about. You're just upset that you got coal for Christmas. Yeah, I can't even eat it. <laughs> it's a mineral. Yeah, like, and it's not like I have anywhere to burn it to stay warm. That's true. I what do you do with coal? I don't, I don't know. I'm going to leave it in the box that it's sitting in. <laughs> yeah, use it as a paperweight, I guess. I don't know. All righty. Well, to all you listeners out there, thanks again for tuning in. And y'all have a good rest of your week and a happy Thanksgiving. Good night, everybody. <laughs>